United Soccer Coaches is proud to bring you the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast, covering all aspects and all levels of the game we love. The United Soccer Coaches podcast is presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer announcer Dean Linky, the longtime television and podcast voice of the association. Now, here's Dean with this week's show. I am Dean Linky, and we've got a jam-packed, fun, and exciting show for you today. We kick it off with Dr. Missy Price, who's halfway through her tenure as the current president of United Soccer Coaches during crazy and busy times. Yet Dr. Missy Price always does it with a smile, always does it with style. After her, Jeff Hostler, who won three national championships coaching the Grand Valley State Lakers D2 women. He's from East Lansing, and he has just been named the new head coach of the Michigan State women's soccer team. He's coached his entire life in Michigan. He's going home. His wife is also from there. Excited to have Jeff Hostler now in green and white as the head coach of the Michigan State women's soccer team. Brian Plotkin, who played for the Carolina Railhawks, I used to call his games, he is a national champion from Indiana, tells some great stories about the godfather, Jerry Yagley, who is so near and dear to the association. Well, the assistant coach for Notre Dame has recently been named the top man at Army. That's right, Brian Plotkin, Plotty, the head coach of Army, is also on the program. And can you believe it? This current class that has had to deal with pandemic of the 30 under 30 class Omar Ismail was the last one we had to track down. We've interviewed the 15 women and now 15 men of this outgoing class of the 30 under 30 class for United Soccer Coaches. He wraps up the show. I'm excited. Hope you are too, as it all starts after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap. Does managing your club or league feel like a second job? If so, you might need some help. With Team Snap, you can get it. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, everything you need is online, which means no more trips to the bank, no more lost checks, and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to learn more. Team Snap is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. I am Dean Linky. This is the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. And as I mentioned in the open, I'm always thrilled to spend time with the president of United Soccer Coaches, Dr. Misty Price, who's busy. We'll get to that. But first, let me welcome in my good friend, Dr. Misty Price. Thanks for kicking off this week's show. Dean, so great to be here. I always love spending time with you. Love hearing your voice. When you hear your, when Dean's voice comes on, you're just like, there's, there's my guy. There's Dean. <laughs> well, I, now I'm blushing and I got chills. I appreciate that. And as I mentioned to you earlier, like when I call games about halfway through, I'll ask my analysts, you know, hey, what are you thinking? And I was thinking about you and knowing that you're about halfway through your tenure as president with a lot going on. So I thought we'd do a little checkup. That worked for you? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Awesome. Well, first off, how has it been so far? How much fun are, are you having leading the association as its president? It's been a blast and it's been a wild ride. You just think of like coming off of the year with COVID with more in the sort of lockdown stages of things, right? And now we're still, to me, this is like re-entry. It's like, since I coach in the college game, right? It's like you went out in the second half and now you got to decide which player you're going to put back in and who's ready actually to go back in, especially if the tempo of the game has changed, the score has changed, like who knows what, the weather has changed. And like, you know, who's ready to go back in and handle the changing circumstances? Because I, I do feel like this is a, a re-entry period for all of us, especially 
me at the division three level, if I just take my coaching job, I'm getting ready for preseason. I didn't have a season last year. I only had practices. And so I'm trying to manage that on top of being president. So it's definitely been, uh, things feel like they're happening really quickly, which is such a positive thing because I feel like we're getting back into it. But also I'm like, whoa, if somebody slow it down, you know, we at United Soccer Coaches, Lynn Burling Manuel, our CEO will be leaving at the end of the year. So we are knee deep in the middle of a CEO hiring process right now. Those applications closed a couple of weeks ago. So we're, we're doing all the work we need to do on that. And then we've got convention in Kansas City. I mean, we're like, what, what are we, T minus six months, Dean? <laughs> you know, and I'm really excited about that. I'm really looking forward to seeing all the, the faces of the association back with us. That was a great way to set the table. And I like the re-entry and I want to get to the CEO search. But before we do, because you said re-enter, I, I want to say reflect. And you think about what the association did, what its full-time staff members did, what the advocacy groups did during COVID to make sure that we still were learning and growing. You know, we had the webinar series and I mean, time after time, I felt like we were still out front of coaches, which is what we do here, Missy. How proud were you of the way the association kept on churning even during that pandemic? I mean, I give all credit to like the staff, the national office, right? As president and board of directors, you're that, you're so that strategic body, right? And you have some responsibilities for fiscal health of the association, strategic planning. But the day-to-day work really is that group of people, mostly based in Kansas City, some, some work remote who keep us moving, including you, Dean, like doing the different aspects of the podcast, but also coming in and helping us with our virtual convention last year. Nobody likes to say the, the P word. <laughs> <laughs> that, that rhymes with rivet. Um, nobody likes to say that word because we feel like we used it too much. But what I think we did a really great job of is we had to triage certain things. We had to invent or create new things. And we had to find different ways to scaffold and support our coaches, right? So I feel like we layered in some scaffolding that maybe wasn't there in the same way that it is now. And including the digital convention, I mean, we've learned a lot about the technological resources and advances that we can do to support our education, to provide access for coaches to different types of resources. You know, so in some ways, COVID, the silver lining was the steps forward that I think the association took. Some of them were blind and you had to keep just kind of going and hoping that it was all going to work out in the end. And others, we had a little more time to plan for and and be methodical for or adapt as the changing circumstances were adapting. But I think we did a really good job and we can't take credit for that as a board. I mean, we listened, we gave advice, but it's the national staff that really did all the work and all of the people that sit on our committees, all of our members of the association that serve on different committees, especially think about the awards committee. Holy moly. (laughs) You know, they, they had fall seasons, spring seasons, teams that didn't play, teams that did play, that like it was all sorts of things. And at one point, who knew if we were going to have any kind of championship in the spring? And then obviously we did at the division one level. So I think, and at other levels too. So I think like putting all of that together and having to constantly, constantly be able to finish a job. This is how I, I, I reflect on it, Dean. You finish a job and get something done that you don't even know if it's going to need be needed but it's needed, you think it's needed, and then something changes, something gets more strict with a lockdown or loosens up with a lockdown situation, and that idea you just had is gone. 
and you put all this time and energy into it, or you can pull pieces of it and use it for something else. So I know our staff probably had joys, frustrations, personal challenges, as well as work challenges. I'm just really proud of the association. We've, we've reigned financially stable through it all, and, and we're supporting our members, which is the number one thing. Phenomenal answer, and I'm glad that you spent time putting some detail in it. And now, you know, it's funny, all those same emotions are going to be out there for you, for the board, for the current staff as you go to look for another CEO. Obviously, Lynn Berling Manuel did so many great things during her time. She also gave you and the board enough time to go out and do a productive search. So here you go. And Dr. Price, I mean, you're at the top of the food chain there as the president. This is a big hire for the association. Make no mistake about it. Yeah, it is. I have done a lot of reflecting just on that alone, Dean, you know, so and using the support of our tremendous board members, engaging our staff in the process as well, even learning from Lynn, right, about the role of the CEO so that we can really find that next person who is going to carry on the torch of such a long history of executive director, CEOs, leadership of the association. I mean, we're an awesome coaches association if you think about it. We support coaches at youth to high school to college to pro level, like which all require different things, but there's similarities that run through all that. We are making advances in the the ways that, that you can interact with your membership, so to speak, or the products of your membership, right? So the, the value of your membership. And I think that's probably at the core of everything, right? So we need a CEO who can help move the association forward step-by-step step with two things in mind, I think. I think it's not just sort of the growth of the association because growth can be measured in a lot of different ways, simply in numbers, but also in successes, but sort of the, the, the continuing modernization of what it means to be a coach and how you support that coach. And then the second is using the tools and the uh, strengths, the tools of things like technology and like the national staff, those, those tools of the people that we have, but also the tools and qualities of our members. I think member engagement piece and how we can really interact with one another could be a really awesome adventure to take off on. So, you know, I think a CEO who's forward thinking, creative, innovative, caring, understands what it means to be a coach. You know, all those things are going to be super important as we start to uncover and discover this next person. Well, I certainly uh, look forward to following that process and wish you all the best and the board and everybody as that you make that big decision. And one of the things that also is going to continue to happen, no matter who's leading the charge, is we're going to continue to advocate for everybody, no matter what they look like or who they like. You know, we just wrapped up Pride Month, and what a great panel to spend time with Dan and Cage and, and Shalom and, and David Goff. I mean, just it was one of the best shows we've ever had and it makes me so proud to be a part of this association, you know, whether it's the LGBTQ or the work that Nicole Hercules did on Juneteenth. I mean, you name it, the led by Lee and Sue, all the ASCII groups are really churning right now. And Dr. Price, I love my seat and getting to spend time with these people. I'm glad to hear that Dean, Cause I think what's really important for me is that we are all people first right? So we're all humans operating in this same world, dealing with these challenges, the social challenges, 
personal challenges, mental health challenges, like social economic challenges, COVID challenges, like we're all dealing with them in different ways. And as much as I would like to say that those experiences are equal or even equitable, we know still that they're not. And for different people, they need different things and access can be the issue or awareness can be an issue for people. There's just so many things that I think that if we work together as an association, we can start to dismantle some of the inequities by using sport, right? Using our our common thing that we all can come together around by using that to help us get to know each other better, support one another better, ally with each other. You know, I think that there's a way for us to be a team. And, you know, my experiences with a team, I wasn't best friends with everyone. I didn't always want to like everyone, but I had a level of respect for everyone. And that's what I would like to encourage our membership and and coaches in our game. You may not like the person on the sidelines you're coaching against for whatever reason, but you respect what they do, which is that they coach and that they have players. And you respect the players, the referees, the uh, opponents, the parents, whomever, that there's a certain level of humanity that we bring back to the sport. In one of my soccer journal president's corners, I I wrote about that, about how it might be hard to actually accept the fact that we have things like racism in our sport, right? In the sport that is the most popular sport in the world, that you can see it playing everywhere. I mean, we were watching the Euros just the other night on on a cell phone because we wanted to be so engaged with it, you know? And it's, this we're everywhere. So think about the power of that if we can come together, even if it's in your own circles, in your own communities, in your own towns, in your own town leagues or rec leagues or club team or high school, and start to make a difference for the people that you interact with on a daily basis. And I'd like to think that we could just keep taking strides forward. So for me, that's really important. And we are doing some really spectacular things in our association. And it isn't necessarily always about sort of what we do or, or, or things like that. For me, it's also about how we do it. And thought and care goes into it and learning, learning about what coaches need and learning how to support coaches and how coaches may need those things to support their players. I mean, those are all the things that I think are so important. We're kicking off the show with Dr. Missy Price, the president of United Soccer Coaches. Halfway through her term as president, she mentioned the convention coming up in Kansas City. And let me just say, Dr. Missy Price, I remember five, six years ago when you got on the board, the excitement and passion you had, you shared that with me. I felt that was a a really endearing moment for you and I. I was really glad to feel your excitement when you won that award and you found out about at one of the conventions. I don't know which one it was, but the thing about you is you're always learning. And right now you're with Julie Foudy talking leadership and working with young women. Tell us what you're doing right now as we do this interview. (laughs) Right now I'm on my lunch break. (laughs) (laughs) I got got connected with Julie Foudy and her leadership academy probably close to 10 plus years ago now. And it's something I just love to do every year because empowering girls and women through sport it's just really a passionate part of life for me. And so, yeah, I'm in New Jersey right now at Julie's Leadership Academy, where they've got soccer, basketball, and lacrosse. And we interweave concepts of what it means to be a leader into life and sport. 
we use the training sessions as a context and we have some classroom sessions as a context and it's a pretty awesome experience we have support of people like espnw and other things like that and it's it really is all about helping that next generation of girls and women to learn how to find who they are as a leader right and find their strengths as a leader and the confidence to go do that and make a difference in their world in their little community so it's awesome it's work it's humid <laughs> it's humid out there but it's fun work and for me it, uh, more than anything i do it because it, i value it I, I only say yes to the things that are really important to me that i value and being uh dean of the thing you said about when i made it onto the board it wasn't something that I felt like I had to do. It's something I really wanted to do, a commitment to service back to the association. And, and that's what I feel like I'm doing here with, with Jules is just serving in a, in, in a capacity that I, that I can. And it's a, it's a lot of fun. Just a couple more questions for Dr. Missy Price as we'll let her get back to that camp as she was kind enough to carve out a little bit of time with us. And you already mentioned the fact that your college season is getting ready to start. Give us a little preview on, on where you are again, remind us and how you're looking forward to this. This upcoming season yeah i'm i'm psyched some days i go wait a second <laughs> august 18th is going to be here before i know it and uh, i'm out there right now in humidity thinking i'm not i'm not in shape for preseason for coaching but uh no i'm really really excited so i coach at wellesley college which is a division three school in the new mac conference and for the most part, all we had last year were practices three days a week on and off throughout the whole academic year. So I'm really excited to, re, you know, like I said, re-enter to return with our team in preseason. And for me as a coach, I think what's really been great, Dean, is I've used this time to just kind of reimagine what I can do, what's possible with our team. Throw out some things that maybe don't need to be in there anymore, change around the training sessions and tempos and things like that a little bit, really learn more about what load are certain things doing on our players? Do we know enough? We got a little bit of fun technology to help us do that too. So we've got a lot of new toys. We got a lot of new players. I'm super psyched. I, I can't wait for it. I'm probably, aside from semi-stressed out <laughs> because like I'm busy. I'm more excited to start a preseason than I ever have been. Well, that's awesome. Two more questions for you. You mentioned the convention's going to be in Kansas City. That's the home to the association. It's also where you hand off the gavel. Remind us who you're handing the gavel off to and what you're looking most forward to as part of the convention in Kansas City. Yeah. So at convention, it's always a People always get confused by that. So I, I think it's fun to kind of clarify that a little bit, Dean. So I'm currently the president and there's a vice president who comes after me. And you might have to check my history here, but her name is Ashley Comber. And I believe this is the first time in the association's history where two women will follow each other in the presidency. So that's kind of a fun thing. So I'm passing off the gavel to Ashley, who is also a woman of color, which I'm really excited about to be able to, I think representation is huge for all of us. And for me as a woman to be able to hand off the gavel to another woman to run with it and start her tenure as president with a new CEO in place, is really exciting. Finally, we'll end with this. Halfway through your tenure as president of United Soccer Coaches, when you think about your tenure so far and you think about United Soccer Coaches and being fulfilled, can you put that in just a couple sentences on your run so far as president of the association, how it makes you feel? I just sent an email to the board last night. And when I send those emails out, it's about 10 or 11 people. And it just, it's a sense of, 
team. It's a sense of responsibility. It's a sense of we're in it together. I just feel like I'm part of a team. And right now I'm the person who's leading it. And I get to listen to all their great ideas and help steward the association forward. And we have an amazing staff who I just love learning about. And they have some tremendous ideas for the association and the upcoming convention. There's just, I can't let the cat out of the bag, Dean, you know that. But I guess to sum it all up, it really does feel like it's part of a team. And I've been given the privilege and the honor to be the leader of that. And I love who I work with. I love them as people and I love the opportunity that we get. And that's why I value it more than anything else. Guess what? We love you right back, Dr. Missy Price. Thanks so much for your stewardship. Thanks so much for all you're doing for the association. And thanks for kicking off this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Thanks, Dean. It's great. Great to be on. All right. Coming up, Jeff Hostler, the new top man for the Michigan State women's soccer team. This is Dean Linky again, and I wanted to take a moment to salute all of the great people that made this year's United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention such a great success. I had the great honor of serving as one of the hosts, and it was one of the best weeks in soccer I've ever had. With that, while the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention might be over, you can still get involved as we're just getting started. You can still register to receive access to all session recordings and the digital convention platform. Chat with your soccer coaching community and take in top level presentations from coaches around the globe, all at your own convenience. To register and receive access, visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. That's right, you can still register for the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention and have access to all of the amazing presentations. I hope you can take advantage of the special offer and again, visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. On June 14, 2021, Michigan State Vice President and Director of Athletics Bill Beekman announced the hiring of Jeff Hostler as the Spartans' next women's soccer head coach. Hostler will succeed Tom Saxton, who was at the helm of the Spartans for 30 years. Jeff Hostler, who concluded his seventh season as head coach of the Grand Valley State women's soccer team this past spring, posted the highest winning percentage of any coach in Laker history. That includes Dave Diani from Iowa, by the way. He led Grand Valley State to three NCAA championships at the Division II level, five NCAA title game appearances, and reached at least the Elite Eight in six seasons. There was, of course, no Division II NCAA tournament in 2020-21 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Jeff Hostler leaves Grand Valley State with an overall record of 144-12-6, the best winning percentage in all of NCAA soccer during that span, and a 63-2-2 mark in GLIAC play. And because he won those national championships at Grand Valley State, he has been a regular visitor on the United Soccer Coaches podcast, and we are glad to welcome him back. Jeff Hostler, welcome to the United Soccer Coaches podcast, and congratulations on this exciting opportunity at Michigan State. Dean, thanks so much. It's uh, always a pleasure to be on with you. You know, incredible time at Grand Valley, built a lot of great relationships. We did a lot of great things, but super excited about the new opportunity here at Michigan State. Well, ironically, you and I often talked, whether it was on air or off air, about the notion of pulling a Dave Diani and moving up to the Big Ten like Dave did before you. And here you are, Michigan State, East Lansing. I think it's a program that uh, has big potential. You feeling the same way? No question about it. I think Michigan State's a great place. It has good soccer facilities, and there's a lot of talent up here in Michigan. 
and in the Midwest. And I think a lot of those close connections I have with, with local clubs are going to bode well for the future of Spartan soccer. Remind everybody where Grand Valley State is, where you won all these championships and how it prepared you for this job. Yeah, so Grand Valley's located just outside Grand Rapids, Michigan on the west side. A Division II member, Grand Valley's in Grand Rapids, D2, now making that big jump to the Division I Big Ten level. Well, and you know what? When you think about it, the fact that it's in Michigan, that's going to help you a ton, right? Because you know all those great Michigan clubs. I mean, it's one of the, the best states producing top men and women, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of talent here, which is quite ironic. It shows how good the coaching is, how good both at a grassroots level and all the way up through some of the elite clubs in our state are because obviously geographically we're not playing soccer outside much December through February so they continue to develop players year-round that are putting out a lot of college players at a lot of different levels it is very talent rich and uh, it's certainly going to be a focus for me and my recruiting efforts well and your ties to Michigan go all the way back to your alma mater alma college where the Scots were 91 55 and 12 winning their only Michigan Intercollegiate Athletic Association regular season title in 2010 I mean that's eight seasons at Alma then all this time at Grand Valley and now moving up to Michigan State. I feel like it's a natural progression, Jeff. Yeah, it really has. You know, and Dean, before that, I was coaching high school and club. So, I mean, I've really done it, you know, at all the different levels. And I think that's what's prepared me for this job, perhaps differently than, than other people is I have vast understanding and experience working at all these various levels. You know, I've been in those same club coaches' shoes. I've been in those high school coaches' shoes. And in my time at Alma, another great place that I was able to be at, but I had to wear all the hats. You know, that's a situation where you're the head coach and, you know, you maybe have a small stipend for an assistant that, you know, works with you for a year and they move on and you're reteaching somebody else, you know, how to do the job and, and work together. So I think that experience is what's prepared me for this, you know, opportunity is, is all of those background things to know all the inner workings and know, know how to be connected. At the end of the day, you're also an East Lansing native. So Obviously, I like the big stories. I like the, the gushy stories. You know, I like the mushy stories. I mean, this has got to be a dream job, I would think, if you're from East Lansing. Yeah, no question. My wife, born and raised there also. So to, to be able to get to move home, my brother recently moved back. We've got tons of family and obviously a ton of friends uh, in town. So definitely a homecoming for us. Uh, we're super excited. Our three kids are thrilled uh, to be around family a little bit more now and to be able to coach at the same school that you you know, you grew up uh, going to games to support, you know, being a fan of, you know, I got to admit, I had my little fanboy moment. You know, I came on campus for my interview, uh, realizing where I'm walking into and, and seeing the different buildings and realizing I have an opportunity to, to have my office in it. Yeah, maybe a chance to rub shoulders with Tom Izzo and some of the other great coaches, Damon Rensing, right, uh, who I know you mentioned in your press release. Yeah, both legends. Both legends. Uh, super thrilled. You know, hope to be working very closely with Damon. He's obviously done an incredible, incredible job with a men's team and and he and I go back a little bit because back in those club coaching days, uh, I had players, uh, you know, through club that he ended up recruiting and, and became Spartans themselves. And, you know, of course, you know, Tom and I, you know, obviously talk every day. We're obviously super tight. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so, I do have a college yeah. basketball background, so I can just make stuff up. There you go. Tell me about that college basketball background. Yeah. So I, I, I played two sports in college. You know, as you mentioned, I went to Alma College, uh, I think. You know, back in my my high school days, I I was fortunate enough to have several different opportunities to try and play collegiate soccer, collegiate basketball, and I just done it my whole life and really wasn't willing to give it up. Wanted to go to a school closer to home so I could be my parents, family could come up, I could see my three younger siblings play and do their thing. It's still this day I'm unbeaten in horse uh, with any of my players, but I'm starting to get a little bit older. And man, these kids can shoot these days. 
<laughs> I love it. I love that you're still shooting some basketball. I was actually just shooting the other day with with my son and feel like I still got a little bit left there, Jeff. So that's awesome. And I love, I uh, love you joking about uh, calling Tom Izzo every day. I'm sure though, when Tom, you know, learned or, or is going to learn that, you know, you've got that uh, college basketball experience. He's going to appreciate that. I would guess. Right. Coach. <laughs> yeah. But you know, there's that story about coach Izzo, you know, how he takes those hundred free throws at the end of every practice. I don't think I'm trying to line up and play him in horse. <laughs> that's outstanding all right well look you know the importance of building a coaching staff have you started that process what can you share with us about uh, who you're going to bring in yeah we're hoping to be able to uh you know move through that process here this week so the position closed or the position posting closed uh friday so hoping that that news can break here pretty soon really excited about you know the candidate pool that we had there's a lot of excitement around our program in the new direction. Like I said, I mean, there's a lot of really appealing things about Michigan State, the region, the talent in the state. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to grind. So we've got, you know, I think we're going to be putting together a staff between myself and others that are going to be on the road a lot in the recruiting trail. We're going to be working really hard to make connections with our current players and build those relationships here on short order. Because as we know, we're about a month out from the start of preseason. One of the things that uh, you may or may not know is Michigan, Michigan State men's soccer courtesy of Steve Burns and back in the day, Joe Baum, they played for the Big Bear. Do you think uh, once you get settled in, maybe you can also reach out to Coach Klein and try to do something similar for Michigan State, Michigan women's soccer? I mean, I think that'd be fantastic. You know, anytime you have an opportunity to, to play for something, particularly in a rivalry game, you know, stakes get a little bit higher, but I think that'd be a fantastic idea. Going back to your family, now that you're heading home, I love hearing that your brother's heading home. I love that you already mentioned that your wife, Rochelle, is from there, that Charlie and Kennedy, your daughters and Steven are are pretty pumped to, to get in there. But I mean, I'm guessing, uh, you know, I'm hoping your parents are still with us. I mean, I'm guessing everybody in the family is just over the top about this move. Yeah, they're thrilled. You know, my I actually, you know, have a new roommate as of two weeks ago, staying in my father-in-law and, and stepmom's basement. So I'm going back a little bit in time here as we try to buy a house, sell a house, make that whole move. But, you know, I'd be remiss to say my wife's been unbelievable in this move. You know, she literally is just like, you know, we've done this before. She's like, look, I got this. You go do your thing. I know how busy you're going to be. So I couldn't ask for better support there. And that's one of the really obviously unique things we get to move home. Like my three kids are going to get to you know, grandpa can pick them up from school and take them for ice cream, or they can go, you know, they can go shoot hoops or, or go work on their game a little bit with my brother. So just those daily interactions are going to be such a blessing for us uh, to be able to be back home. Finally, as we end, you talk about support and blessing. You've been very involved with United Soccer Coaches. I know this because I've seen you at the conventions. Of course, last year, we couldn't be all together. We hope we'll be back together in Kansas City. What has the association meant to you, Jeff? It's been incredible. You've heard me use the word, you know, grassroots several times. I remember being 22 and a middle school basketball coach and youth soccer coach going to my first convention on Indianapolis. And my network has grown because of it. I've learned a lot, both by attending you know, lectures, field sessions, or running and being a part of those things. So it's been a great program. I think it's the envy of many other youth sports organizations, uh, the way that it's ran, the amount of information and networking available. All right, Jeff, can you believe we actually talked about this happening and now it's here, it's happening, it's happened. It's pretty surreal. Yeah, I, uh, Dean, I wake up every day, like I said, feeling really blessed. It's, it's pretty special. Uh, I appreciate you and your you know, playing efforts uh, as Nostradamus to make that, uh, you know, vision for me. So thank you for setting that into motion. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to getting going here. Yes, perfect scenario. You're from Michigan. You're from East Lansing. You produced at every level there. Now you get the chance to uh, return the Spartans to some glory days. Looking forward to calling your games, Jeff, on the Big Ten Network. Congratulations on being the new top man for the Michigan State women's soccer team. Thanks for having me on, Dean. My pleasure, Jeff Hostler. Another new coach, Brian Plotkin, who was the assistant at Notre Dame. He won national titles at Indiana as a player. He played for the Carolina Railhawks. I got to know him really well there. He's now the top man at Army after Russell Payne moves over to Northwestern. Plotty, Brian Plotkin, the new head coach of the Army men's soccer team when we return. College coaches, make sure your program is registered for the 2020-21 College Services Program. While the 2020-21 season looks much different than any of us anticipated, we are committed to providing benefits for College Services members year-round. The College Services Program supports and promotes the college game, including rankings and awards for participating programs, regardless of when your season is played. For more information or to register your program, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash college. Looking for ways to improve your training session? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for more than 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential to every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to elevate your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. I'm so pleased to be joined by a young man that I used to call his games, then as a player, then I would call his games as an assistant at Notre Dame, and now he's got the chance to lead Army. Incredible job. We're talking about Brian Plotkin, known as Plotty, during his days at Indiana, his professional days. Brian Plotkin, thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dean. Excited to be here. Yeah, I really enjoyed calling your games as a player. I loved hooking up with you when you were at Notre Dame on the bench as an assistant coach, but this is a big deal now. You finally get your shot. You're going to Army. It's a big-time job. How are you feeling about it, Coach? Hey, I'm excited. I mean, uh, you work hard. Like all the, you know, most of the coaches in the country have their goals and their career ideas, and and one of mine was always to have the opportunity to lead my own program, and so I'm, I'm fortunate to have an opportunity at such a a well-regarded and, and respected institution. And, and I take that very seriously. And Russell did a great job, you know, in getting the program to where it is now. And, and I'm just excited to take it forward into its its next kind of, you know, let's say era or, you know, just into the future, having a great opportunity afforded by, by Mike Buddy, our athletic director. Okay. So you played at Indiana, you know what that's like. They're there every year. You coached at Notre Dame, you know what that's like. When you go to Army, it's a little bit different because these are special young men that aren't there just to play soccer or just to get a degree. They're there ostensibly to to serve our country. Have you navigated through that? And what does that mean exactly? Can you paint a picture of that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible. Um, what, what the cadet athletes do on a daily basis is something that I think we should all kind of strive to the the amount of intensity and discipline in in their daily life is is fantastic and so um, you know I'm there now just to, in the soccer piece give them as much uh, of an opportunity to pursue those those passions of theirs to the highest levels that they can and so you know my desire is to to build a program that's competing at the top of the Patriot League and you know the players when I spoke to them when I took the job all stated that that was their aspiration uh, and so it's something now that that I'm excited about and and I feel the team has a, a good amount of confidence going forward and 
you know, the, the unique part about the timing of my hire is, you know, the first time I'll see them all as one is on the first day of, uh, of training. So we're building, we'll be, you know, about 14, 15 days from our opener against LaSalle. So it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity. You know, the, the, the nicest part about this moment is, you know, the strength and the culture uh, of the program, because it's the strength and the culture of the institution, you know, that they're, they're founded in, you know, the, the three words, you know, duty, honor, country. Uh, and so with that, you know, now they get every time they put that jersey on, there's something special behind it. Well, obviously, everybody from Indiana, as you know, and I've caught a ton of Indiana games over the years, you know, that's about character. And, you know, you just mentioned, you know, duty and honor and country. Brian, it's not going to be as easy, though, where you can say, you know, hey, show up at this time or this because they have all these other things going on. Have you figured out how you're going to handle that part of it? Yeah, just I do think it really just comes down to taking their time and using it as a, a valuable asset, you know, and so respecting that uh, and creating a, a clear schedule. Um, you know, I actually sent my, my entire uh, kind of August 1st through the Patriot League final uh, off to my administrator the other day, just so they could look it over and give me some advice um, based on what they think. And so, uh, you know, training will start roughly at the same time every day. And, you know, I, I think as best I can, if I can give the guys a, a clear picture of what the next day will look like the day before, uh, that allows them a little bit, a little less stress or a little less anxiety throughout the day. Great answer. This is the United Soccer Coaches podcast. That, that means, you know, there's 30,000 members. A lot of them are assistant coaches. A lot of them just want to be an assistant coach. A lot of them are assistant coaches that want to be a head coach. Any words of wisdom for assistant coaches that are grinding it out? And, and now like you, you get this opportunity. Any words of wisdom for those other coaches out there, men or women looking to make that big jump that you just made? Yeah, I don't know if it, wisdom would be the right word. I, I'm still kind of, a, a, you know, at the low end of that totem pole. But, uh, but I would say, you know, I'm fortunate enough, uh, network, meet people, um, talk to them, engage in genuine relationships, um, ask questions, um, go work camps, uh, use your natural network, and then use the network of those people that you get close with, um, and just build good relationships. I really do think that's what it all comes down to. And, and ultimately, good people, uh, get rewarded, I think. And so, you know, it's always awesome when you see different people like Russell done a great job, worked so hard here at, at West Point to go and get the opportunity at, at Northwestern for him is wonderful. Um, and then like you see, the dominoes can fall and they can happen at any time. So really the last piece is keep working because you never really know when when that opportunity might arise. And when it is just do your prep, have, you know, hopefully you've done your preparation and you can jump on it when it's there. You perhaps better than anybody know the importance and value of an assistant coach. What have you done as far as assembling your staff, Brian? What can you share with uh, those stages? Are you complete? Are you still working on it? Yeah, so I, I've, I've filled my staff now. Um, you know, uh, Taylor Thames is an assistant coach that, that will stay on, um, who was who there with Russell. Um, and then I, I have made a hire um, in my other assistant coaching position, but, I, you know, the, we're kind of working through some of the background stuff right now, so I can't quite announce it, but, but I am. I'm genuinely excited. I think we did a... Uh, I'm really fortunate to have kind of put together the staff that I have. I think we, Taylor's got a, done a great job there and, you know, really mainly focusing on the goalkeepers. Um, he's got the institutional knowledge that's such an asset. Uh, the other coach I'm bringing in, I think is one of the best recruiters in the country. 
Um, not only that, but he's a top character. And I think the the players in the pro or the cadet athletes in the program will really uh, just respond to him and his demeanor and his teaching and such. And so um, I think we've got a well-balanced staff that, that can take us into some promising times up at West Point. As you push forward, knowing that you played for some big time coaches, coaches that, you know, I respect greatly, who are two or three names that you might lean on for advice as you approach uh, this head coaching job? Who are some names that, you know, you'll call back and say, hey, this is happening. This is what I need. How can you help me? Yeah, I mean, it's it's wonderful. Um, you know, I think one of the, the best parts about the the life that I've lived thus far is the the different networks that I've been blessed to just kind of have found myself in almost by default uh, or by accident. So obviously my time at Indiana allots me the opportunity to, to talk to Jerry Igley, uh, Caleb Porter, Sean Phillips, John Trask, uh, you know, Mike Freitag, the list can go on and on. Uh, and then obviously now Todd, my time once I became a coach really with, uh, you know, Chad and Neil Jones were, were fantastic. And I got some to spend some time with Bobby Clark too, uh, which is wonderful. And so you know, I think that it's just, you know, continuing to ask questions, knowing that I don't know everything and I never will. And I just think those guys have, every one of them has lived through at least one moment of what I've, what, what I'm about to endure. And so when I need the, the support or when I need a word uh, or just a little bit of guidance that, that wisdom, you know, the wisdom you asked me about earlier, at least those guys I know have a lot of it. So I can go seek it in them uh, and come back hopefully with some good answers for my, for my team and my program. Finally, as you look to create new memories, I often ask about mentors and memories. You already covered the mentor part of it. Can you, Brian, tell us your best memories as a player and your best memories so far as a coach at any level? And I know that's not easy because you've had a lot of great moments, but could you pick out a couple, both as a player and as a coach? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'll kind of give you my favorite ever, my favorite post-game speech of all time came from Jerry Igley, actually. It was 2003. It was a, a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. We had a home game against Butler. Uh, it was his final season. We all knew it. You know, the team had, had, had you know, I think we had five All-Americans returning from the year before. Um, just a really stacked team. And we're sitting there and, you know, we had just kind of started off with the worst record in program history. We were two, three, and four. And all of us felt the weight of it. We're sitting in the locker room. I can remember vividly, like, just sitting on the floor, kind of head down. And the door opens, slow walk in, Jerry pops his head around. I think I stayed a year too long and walks out. And that was the end of the, that was the end of the post-game talk. And 18 games later, zero losses and we were national champions. So, uh, you know, that one, uh, you know, I've, I don't know if there's ever been a more powerful one sentence spoken in college soccer, but, but that was pretty awesome. And then, uh, you know, I think as a coach, um, you know, I, one of the things I've loved and, and Chad Riley, I think, is one of the best at managing the, that postgame moment as well um, and just taking an educational approach to it, never being too emotional. I think Jerry in that moment showed how he had mastered that skill. Uh, and then I really think like each time Chad gave a postgame talk, in particular after a, a loss or a poor performance, really just taking those moments in and observing his skill, and, you know, his delivery, his word choice, the pause, um, all those different moments um, to just take and, and really separate the, the message from the emotion. And so, you know, those are kind of the two that really stood out for me. And I think those are the moments when you can touch your team a lot because you can always start to steer the message towards the next day. Uh, I think, and that's ultimately what coaching is about is just taking whatever's happened on a day and, and kind of reframing it towards what you need to do tomorrow to get to where you want to be at the end of the season.
One of the best answers I've ever heard on that question that I often use uh, repetitively. As we close out, you know that the Godfather has mad respect for United Soccer Coaches, formerly NSCAA. I'm assuming he told you about United Soccer Coaches. Will you continue to use United Soccer Coaches as you grow as a coach? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a, I mean, I, I am a premier diploma holder. Um, and so, you know, my coaching staff is something that we'll all you know, I, I want them to continue in the professional development. So, you know, all the resources and the, the things that are provided from United Soccer Coaches, that is ab absolutely something we'll continue to utilize. And I think everybody should. Brian Plotkin, the new top man for Army men's soccer. We're wishing you the best of luck. Go get them and congratulations on the new job. Thanks, Dean. I appreciate it. And we wrap up our show with an interview with the 30th of 30 of the last United Soccer Coaches 30 under 30 class, Omar Ismail. We tracked him down. We've done all 15 women, now all 15 men, and a new class is going to be announced, and we'll interview all 30 of them as well. That's right. All 30 of this last class are now in the books after you listen to Omar Ismail from the 30 under 30 class from a year ago. United Soccer Coaches Advanced Diplomas have long been regarded as an excellent way to expand your coaching knowledge, advance your career, and improve your player's development. Now, with our blended format that incorporates online and in-person learning, coaches with ever-demanding schedules can earn their diploma in the most time-friendly way possible. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash advanced-diplomas for more information. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap, a jam-packed show. Missy Price, the president of United Soccer Coaches, midway through her time. Then we also were joined by Jeff Hostler, the new head coach of the Michigan State women's soccer team. Brian Plotkin, the new head coach of the Army men's soccer team. And lo and behold, we now have completed 30 for 30 as we saved the best for last. We definitely saved the best for last as we're joined by the last member of the outgoing 30 under 30 class. And his name is Omar Ismail. And he joins me now. Omar, we tracked you down. You're here. It's an honor to be with you, my man. Great to have you on the podcast. Hi, Dean. You're definitely flattering me right now. <laughs> well, we're thrilled to uh, have wrapped up all 30, 15 incredible women, 15 incredible men. Obviously, it's a strange year, Omar, so a tough year to be part of the program with the pandemic and everything, but you must know what an honor it is to be a part of this class. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a huge honor. Uh, there's a, you know, a lot of com competitive coaches that submitted resumes, and I fortunately was one of the guys selected for the mentorship program. There's been a lot of cool benefits to it and been able to network with some really, really bright and like-minded and also different-minded coaches, which has been pretty cool. Because this is a podcast, there is no time limit. So Omar, I really like with our 30 under 30 to kind of tell their elevator story, where you were born, where you went to high school, where you went to college, your stops along the way and where you are now. So if you can go ahead and fill in the blanks for me, please. Not really crazy about talking about myself. I like focusing more on the, uh, the kids now as a coach. Um, I started coaching full-time uh, about three or four years ago. I've been playing in a couple different lower leagues uh, abroad uh, after college and then kind of coaching on the side and in between my short contracts. And I was coming off of a second year uh, living and playing in Australia with my brother and my current wife. My season ended and we weren't able to really renew our visas. So came home and it's kind of uh, looking for the next good opportunity, either soccer wise or 
you know, getting a real job and going to the professional world. Um, and a really rare opportunity came up where a mentor of mine from college, there's a small local club and they got in touch with them and they needed someone to come in and, and kind of run or start up a competitive program. So I got a, a really good opportunity as I think I was like 27 or 28 at the time to be a, a full-time coach and kind of a director of a program and get my hands dirty and do a bunch of different things. Um, so I kind of sort of decided I'd given it a good go as, you know, on the playing side. And finally, I think it felt right to kind of take the position and move on. And my wife had been nagging me. So I think it was a good time. So the last couple of years, I've been director of a local grassroots program called Sterling Soccer Club. And it's a really small club in uh, Northern Virginia doing everything from running uh, the travel program, putting together a curriculum, doing little coaching education clinics for you know, rec and the other travel coaches, um, whatever kind of whatever needed to be done <laughs> at the time. And then over the last couple of years, we grew to eight club-centric travel teams. And then uh, a couple of the teams were pretty competitive in the local local scene. You know, the it's pretty competitive in Northern Virginia, but our O2007 team actually recently lost in the finals of state cup uh for virginia and then the younger teams have some talented players as well so that's kind of what i've been up to the last few years and then i recently actually was <laughs> hired for uh for a different position so i'm moving actually clubs to arlington soccer which is like a bigger club in the in the area so that's my kind of background on the on the coaching side what will be your title at the Arlington Soccer Club? Um, I'll be working on the boys' side, uh, coaching, I believe, the 2009 and 2008 ECNL teams um, and working with, actually, a, a really good mentor of mine. His name is Oscar Filia. He's the director of that uh, that program. So pretty excited and transitioning, kind of working a little bit on the a more professional scale, which will be cool. Um, All right. We missed a couple key items in your elevator speech. Where were you born? Where did you grow up? Um, so I grew up actually in, um, in Northern Virginia and born and kind of been raised Fairfax, Virginia, uh, to be specific. And where did you go to college? I played at Bryant University, which is a small division one program in Rhode Island. And then I ended up transferring and finishing out my, uh, my last two years at Un the University of Mary Washington, which is a small but pretty successful division three program in Fredericksburg, Virginia. So a little bit closer to home. Okay, and I called in there that you played in Australia. Where else did you play professionally? So a little semi, when sometimes professionally and sometimes, you know, barely, barely professional. Um, I was able, fortunately able to travel to Egypt where my dad is from and play in the second division and train with a couple first division teams there. Played in Holland in the third tier there for about half a season and then had some trial opportunities in Denmark and in Sweden. Nothing crazy. Uh, it was cool to be able to travel and, exp you know, places that I probably would not have <laughs> traveled to um, and meet a lot of cool, cool people um, on the soccer side and then also experience different cultures and, and just kind of see how things are run in bigger and smaller clubs in, in different countries. And now I'm pretty lucky I'm able to use it or I've used it in different types of programs now um, back home in Northern Virginia. Now, now, Omar, let's have a little fun here. When your wife goes to listen to this and she hears current wife and nagging, what's going to be her response to both of those titles? <laughs> uh, she'd probably say that I'm using her as an excuse, but no. Uh, we've been enjoying actually the last couple of weeks off <laughs> for my season. So I've been kind of going 
the last couple of years and the transition's been good to kind of hang out with the family. We're actually expecting our first uh, child in, in a few weeks. So kind of change our yeah. yeah, strange, strange year, but uh, like a good year on the personal side. So you know, if it's a boy or a girl, um, we are holding off, kind of keeping it as a surprise to our family. The my parents and my in-laws are, I think, are probably more <laughs> excited to to see what. But no, it, uh, I think, yeah, keeping it a surprise. So okay, great. Mentally ready for either one. It'll be fun. Hopefully, we're not good. we're not those those crazy soccer parents on the sideline. What made you want to apply for this 30 under 30 program? What was your driving force there, Omar? Growing up as a, as a player um, in the area, uh, you know, there's a lot of, seen a lot of talented players and there's a lot of also talented coaches. And I kind of wanted to being a full-time coach now um, and kind of seeing um, where that next step is going to be um, where I want to progress to. It was cool. Actually, somebody in my club recommended that I apply for it. And I thought it was an awesome opportunity to kind of see what other other coaches in a similar position, similar age, the directions they're going and kind of their pathways. So I've actually listened to a couple of your your podcasts and it's cool to hear everybody has a different kind of journey, not just as a player, but also as a coach and different motivations. If you were listening to that, you know, I like to ask about greatest moments as a player and as a coach. Can you pick out a couple of big time moments as a player and as a coach that you can share with our audience? Oof, I don't think uh, I had too many big time moments as a player. It's kind of a kind of got to play at a pretty high, you know, various levels uh, in the youth. Um, but, um, you know, I was part of some really talented teams. And I think the coolest part about being a player is I was able to play uh, with and alongside some talented players that had represented their countries, either the United States on the national team level or youth national team level. A couple of players who played for their you know countries in Asia um, and qualifiers and stuff. And it was cool to kind of learn and see, you know, and get to know them. And how about as a coach? How about a big moment as a coach? Uh, I definitely have to say recently, um, my 2007 boys, you know, again, my, my, the, the club that I've been working at small community club and, I believe about maybe 60% of the roster, you know, it's about 18 kids. Um, so 10 or 12 of them had, had been with the, uh, the same club since they were younger, either in the rec programs and like U6, U7, and then some kind of joined, you know, at U10 and U12, but it was a core of kids that had stayed together even before I was the coach. And then uh, recently they were able to make it all the way to the final of state cup. And um, you know, the, our area, there's a lot of big clubs. Um, and so it's kind of, kind of rare um, to see not kids, you know, talented players stay at a, at a grassroots club uh, for so long. They were U14 and now it's, you know, a lot of kids are going to, you know, ECNL or MLS academies um, and they stayed together and they were just playing local league and were, they were able to outplay um, some big clubs. So I was really proud of that and the work that they had put in and the limitations that we had had and they had as a, as a small club against the big, the big clubs so that was pretty cool for me to see them um, and they enjoyed. So shout out to my Sterling 2007 boys. Um, hopefully they'll, they'll hear that. I'll tell them to, they have to listen to the end. But yeah. Yeah. They're all, well, we're all about the shout out here for sure. You know, and one of the things that we're also proud of at United soccer coaches is how diverse we are. You know, last month we celebrated AAPI heritage month this month, we celebrated pride month. And, uh, you know, I think about your name and your ethnicity, uh, wh where's your background? Where, where's your family from Omar? So I'm, I'm, I'm actually mixed. Um, my dad is from Egypt and my mom is from Malaysia. So it's kind of a rare mix. And then I have, uh, 
there's three brothers. Um, I'm the oldest of two. And actually, my younger brother was a pretty good player as well. He played at George Mason and uh, was like a youth national team player and was captain in uh, DC United Academy. His name's Ahmed Ismail. So it was cool. We had definitely a family kind of family background with soccer a little bit. It's cool. We grew up actually in a very diverse area, Northern Virginia. So I have friends, you know, friends from uh, Latin American background, European background, African background, Asian background, um, and the, the program Sterling and a lot of the programs in our area um, have, it's cool to see diversity in a lot of the teams and the coaching staff as well. Well, and I got to believe that's one of the things you love about United Soccer Coaches is as we close out this interview and you think about United Soccer Coaches, what it's meant to you now and what it's going to mean to you and what looks to be a very bright future. Can you share with our listeners what it's meant to be a part of United Soccer Coaches? Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it's been an honor. You know, our year's about, about to be done and uh, good luck to the next 30 candidates coming in. My only piece of advice would be to take advantage of opportunities, um, you know, just networking and communicating with different coaches um, and your mentors, keeping in touch with them and just kind of picking their brains and seeing where you can go, how you can get better. But yeah, thanks a lot for having me, Dean. It's been yeah, a- we did it, Omar. We did it. We finally got you on. We finally tracked thanks you down. And I know partly it was my fault as well. So thanks for your patience. But nah, probably oh. part of my mine as well. But thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. All 30 are done. And uh, like I said, we saved the best for last. Omar Ismail, good luck uh, the rest of the way. Good luck uh, with your baby as well. That is awesome news that you shared with us. Appreciate it. Keep up the great work. Oh, thank you so much, Omar. And it is a delight to have completed all 30, 30 under 30 interviews. I want to thank Remy Mays with United Soccer Coaches, who has been instrumental in helping me coordinate all of that, as well as previously Mike Knipper, and now, of course, Jonas Worth and Bailey Conklin. I want to thank Sean Chevro and our producer, Colin Thrash, and each and every one of you, our great members of United Soccer Coaches. My name is Dean Link. He will see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Thanks for listening to the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. To learn more, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org and teamsnap.com.